Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. The Bible says the gifts and the callings of the Lord are without repentance. And God has called every person for some type of gift, some calling in your life. Uh, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit are not just for the fivefold ministry. They're not just for the pastor and the evangelist and the apostle, prophet, teacher. But every person who has received the Holy Ghost, come on, somebody shout Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. And so most of the time you see the term Holy Ghost in the, in the King James Bible. Uh, but it's the same word as the word for Holy Spirit. And uh, every person that has received the Holy Spirit, listen, uh, I've got good news for you. With the exception of what I understand in the Scripture to be blaspheming the Holy Ghost, uh, the Bible says you're going to go to heaven one day if Jesus is your Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know, God did not just save you so you could go to heaven. Heaven is a great reward. I used to say, if God, if God saved you and the, his whole thing was just to save you to get you to heaven, then as soon as he got you saved, a big old angel would have just took a big old mallet and hit you right on top of the head and took you right on to heaven just right there. But you know, there's a lot more to what God wants you to do in life uh, than just go to heaven. Hallelujah. And my experience has been, and I see this in the word and I'll talk about it uh, some, not only tonight, but I will this summer. Uh, my experience has been God can only use you to do His will and that calling, those giftings that are in your life, uh, and to activate those to the degree that you believe in your mind that He will do that. Uh, you have to make a decision. Your spirit is saved. But you've got to believe that what God has said will come to pass and what He talks to you about, will uh, He'll make a way and that there are things you can put your hand to in the name of Jesus and those things will begin to succeed. They will work. They will do what they are supposed to do. I cannot over uh, stress the fact that what you think about has so much to do with who you are, what you become, where you're going. If you, if you could just analyze all of your thoughts in a day, scary thought. But if you could analyze all of your thoughts and put them in the category of what you're thinking about or what you thought about, and then you just look at those at the end of the week, I can pretty well tell you what your future is going to be like. Y'all listening? And so in the book of, um, in the book of Proverbs, let me just say this real quick, and we're not turning to it. But in Proverbs 4.23, uh, God says to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. That's King James. One translation says to keep, watch, or guard your mind, your soul, very diligently, deliberately, and on purpose. For out of, that, out of you come the forces of life. Oh, hallelujah. There are forces of life that, uh, that help you to succeed, to prosper in your business. There are forces of life that help you in your marriage and in your, in your home. There are forces of life that help you in your health. And one of the things that's necessary is to think about those things 
the right way. In our generation today, and it's a, it's a very difficult time, uh, especially to be, it's a very challenging time to be raising children. It just seems like years ago, before social media and all of that kind of stuff, if you really wanted to get into sin and immorality, you had to go looking for it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it wasn't going to be at your house. There wasn't going to be, uh, you know, a lot of sin going on at the house and stuff. But if you just wanted to, to get into uh, something that wasn't right, I mean, you had to go find it somewhere. And then they'd check your ID. Now, you have to be careful what's on your phone, what's on your computer, what pops up, what's on your TV. I'm preaching so good right now. And the thing that makes that even compounded more is men and women that you will interact with in life, they are being inundated by all type of wrong uh, philosophy, wrong doctrine, wrong forces, uh, everything from immorality, sexual immorality, to impurity uh, socially, impurity politically, impurity when it comes to family. Oh, I'm preaching real good, and I'm not hadn't even started yet. Uh, and so... The scripture says to guard your mind, guard your heart, because there is a force from God that He has placed in you and that will be released if you will, can I call your, your mind the gatekeeper? And if you will guard your mind, that's why the apostle Paul says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23, he says, so be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The word renewed is an interesting word. And uh, it's a word that just literally means, and I don't mean to blow these guys up up here because I didn't write that one down for y'all. But so it's just literally uh, a word that means that we are to renovate. And in our generation, we'd say it like this, have a makeover. Anybody in here just need a mental makeover? Can I just tell you right now, every person needs that. And sometimes you need it on a regular basis. And have you ever lived in a house a long time? Cindy and I have lived in our house now. Uh, we built a home back in 1996, so almost 23 years now. Is that right? 24 years. This will be actually be 24 years this year, uh, 23 or 24 years this next year. Uh, we've lived in our home there, and it's a nice house. We love it. God's blessed us with it. We raised our family there. Good things have happened and all of the good stuff like that. But you know, I go in that house sometimes and her and I were just, she and I were just having this uh, conversation. I said, Cindy, I think we just need to do a whole house makeover. <laughs> she said, why? I said, I'm not sure why. I just think we need to. She said, well, everything works great in here. I said, I know it does. It's really nice. But, uh, I don't know why I do. I think it's the color of the walls or this kind of floor. Or I think I want to just tear out two of those rooms back there in the back and turn them into one great old big room. And maybe put a big jacuzzi in there. Ooh, wow. It's too hot to have a swimming pool outside in my book. So I'm just like, put something there. Maybe we should do something like that. Or uh, just have a whole makeover. Maybe I can go up here to Waco and get what's-her-name to come in here and, and do What's-her-name? What? Yeah, Joanna Gain, go get her to come and just design it for us. Wouldn't that be nice to do that? I hope you're watching, Joanna. And um, yeah, <laughs> but sometimes you just need to have a makeover. One of the reasons is because 
uh, when you came into the kingdom of God, when Jesus became your Lord, your spirit got saved. But you had a way of thinking, a philosophy, and all of those things in life that might not be in line with the Word of God. And so the Scripture says to renew yourself in the spirit, in the thought, in that driving force of your life. That means, I like to say it like this, when you hear bad, something on the inside of you wants to drive good to the surface. When you hear sickness, something on the inside of you wants to pop up healing and health. When you hear loss, something on the inside of you just pops up and, and, and begins to drive to the surface of your life uh, that you are blessed and whatever you put your hand to is going to prosper. Hallelujah. And then learn to cooperate with or believe what that word says. Paul calls it being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Every time I hear someone talk about Islam, boom, I think about Jesus. If I have a chance, I start talking about him right on the spot. Every time I hear about Buddha, I start talking about the Lord Jesus. Every time I hear about Mormonism, I talk about Jesus. Are y'all listening? I think that if we will renew ourselves with the Word of God or renovate or let's have a makeover, make sure that you are wise to let the force that you let in you that, that, that I'm going to call it energy for the sake of this uh, short conversation this evening. Let that energy flow of God that's in you line up with the Word of God. And then speak it out yourself. Listen, Jesus wasn't playing games when He said, Whosoever will say to the mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, doubt not in his heart, but believe the thing He says will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever He says. Therefore I say, what things soever you desire when you pray. Believe that you receive them, then you will have them. That's a force. How many of you understand faith is a force? Come on, say it with me. Faith is a force. It's an energy. See, it's a force that God gives you. It's a power. Faith is. It comes from believing and it releases the forces of life. It releases the forces of life. It's a very powerful thing uh, to understand. If you're going to think like a Christian in the 21st century, you're going to have to guard your mind. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. Be careful what you allow to sink in and take any type of root on the inside of you. For instance, now listen, there's plenty of negative forces. Listen, there are many negative forces in life. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? There are plenty of negative forces. If I were struggling in my marriage, and I'm not, I would not be running around with some guy who's struggling in his marriage. Or somebody that says, look, I know about that marriage stuff. I've already been married four times, and I know about that marriage stuff. That's a wrong force. I don't care how cool you think they are, nor anything else. You need to use wisdom in those areas. Be wise, because one or two things are happening. They are forcing their negative way of life on you when it comes to marriage, or you are going to let the force of unity and, and uh, uh, the unity of the Spirit, the Bible calls it, the bond of peace, you're going to let that force begin to come forth out of you. If you just do nothing, the devil wins. I used to play racquetball a lot, and uh, Brother Bob knows it right here. I used to play racquetball a lot back in the 90s and stuff, and 
I actually won a tournament up there, a singles tournament one time up here at South Shore. See, God said in the last days, miracles, signs, and wonders would happen. And so, uh, so I enjoyed playing. I played a lot when I was a kid growing up. See, why I was up there playing. And uh, there were several guys that uh, when I was playing a lot, because I played for about, I don't know, 25 or 30 years, actually, all together. And, but there were guys that would get in the, the court with you, and some of these guys are really good players because if you want to take your game up, you have to play with somebody that's got some real good game. Uh, otherwise, it just doesn't work. So uh, sometimes I'd be playing with these guys that were, that were pretty good ball players and stuff. And any time that you would, uh, you know, if I'd hit one right or I'd do something, or if they hit one wrong, they would just curse. And I thought, man, if you're going to praise your God, I'm going to praise mine. And you know, you get me in a room cooped up with somebody and they're cussing and I'm blessing the Lord. Glory to God. Shikamosai. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take long. They figure that out. Watch out. He must be a preacher. No, I'm a Christian. And I'm not going to let that force get in me. I'm going to force it out of this racquetball thing. And sometimes it intimidates fire out of them and, and just be worth two or three points to me. In, in the too. Same way on a golf course. Uh, I'm just saying that you have an anointing. The Bible says out of you flow the forces of life. The forces of life come out of you. When you hear negative, doubt, fear, and unbelief, you ought to change that whole thing around by the way you think. And you say, uh, well, instead of me getting sick, I just believe I'll be healthy and healed in Jesus' name. Now, you want to use wisdom in what you do, but I'm talking about that force that takes place. Let me tell you about the power of that force. There are certain seasons in the year where all we hear, and it's forced on our whole uh, society, it's going to be the flu season. You're going to get sick. Now, look, I'm not telling you not to get a flu shot or anything like that. I'm just saying use wisdom what you do. But that force is wrong because the Bible says with his stripes, we were healed. And so whether I get a flu shot or not is irrelevant. I'm not going to let that force get in me. I just believe in Jesus' name that God will protect and heal. And, and if one of those uh, germs gets on me, I'd begin to decree in Jesus' name. It's got to get off of me. Healing, health, and wholeness. I did not raise three daughters. Cindy and I did not raise three daughters expecting negative things. This world is full of them. I have had my share of them, I promise you. But I refuse to let them have a share of me. Because greater is He, come on guys, that are in you than he that's in the world. You have to make your choice. You've got to make a decision. The only way you can do that, the only way I see it in the Scripture, is first of all, guard your heart and your mind. Everybody, put your hands up on your head just like this. Say, in the name of Jesus, my mind was built for God. His goodness, His blessings, and His power. I am a believer in my covenant. Heavenly Father, let the force of life work in me from the inside out. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout to the Lord right there. Get it in you. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, there's a powerful, powerful uh, word the Apostle Paul teaches in Philippians 4. You probably know it. Put it up on the screen if you would for a moment. Look at verse 6. The Bible says, Be careful for nothing, 
but in everything. That word everything is an interesting word. Let me just tell you, it means exactly what it says. In everything that you encounter in life, in everything you do in this world, in this life, in everything, be careful for nothing, but in everything by, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Look at verse 7. And the peace which passes all understanding, doesn't make sense sometimes, shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, uh, the word keep right there in the Greek, of course, is also the same word for guard. Very important. Once again, there it is again. He will keep it. He will guard it. Uh, the Scripture says that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. A very powerful thought. Now, uh, the Scripture says, though, in verse 6, uh, be careful for nothing. Let me give you a couple of words. I'll break it down. I'll teach just for a second. Are you all ready for this? Are you sure? Shout hallelujah. The word careful in the Greek word is, uh, uh, in the Greek is the word marim, uh, neo, marim neo. It's an interesting word. And the word means to uh, be troubled, to be anxious, can mean anxiety, to be fretful, to worry about something. The Apostle Paul writes, and he says to the church at Lamarck, do not be fretful, over anxious, troubled, are worried about things of this life. That's a powerful statement. Be careful. Uh, do not have anxiety uh, for anything. Be careful for no thing. But in everything. That's such an important thing. Has anyone ever had an MRI? You ever had an MRI? You ever put you in one of those tubes? Now look, I'm going to come right out in the open right now and tell you. I've had several MRIs in my lifetime. And I have never had a problem having an MRI. They stick me in that tube. I close my eyes. I pray in the Holy Ghost. They wake me up and roll me back out. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Until this morning. So... I have to have an MRI because of some of the, the accidents and things that, that have happened uh, in, you know, in, in this year, actually. So I'm having this MRI uh, today. And they put me in this little, small, uh, what do you call the MRI machine? So uh, they said, uh, you've been here before, haven't you, uh, Pastor Allen? I said, I sure have. Yeah, I don't have a problem with these things. They said, do, do, you, do you ever have claustrophobia or anything? I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. I'm cool. I've had numerous of these things, you know. So uh, in my lifetime, they said, okay. They put me in this thing that I believe it was made for pygmies. <laughs> I promise you it couldn't have been more than that big around and that long. They put me in this small MRI machine. Well, you know, I'm 230 pounds. And I, I get on this thing. I'm laid back in there and I'm just cool. And when that thing starts, y'all know what I'm talking about? Going backwards in there. I promise you my shoulders were rubbing on the side. They're rubbing on the side, going back like that. I went, something doesn't seem right. I've done this many times, several times, and have never touched the sides, and I know I have not gained that kind of weight. <laughs> and so they said, 
How are you doing in there? And my mind was telling me, you better tear a hole in the side of this thing and make them a door. I mean, I wanted to scream. I didn't, but I promise you I wanted to. I said, um, you know, and I squeezed that, that ball before the machine ever started. And they came in and they, I said, is, they said, is there a problem, uh, Ms. Howell? I said, um, I've done this quite a few times and I have never touched the sides. And there's something about me touching the side of that thing that just sent my brain whirling. And uh, what, what's wrong here? Oh, they said, oh, uh, this is a smaller machine. Uh, we have a larger machine. I said, well, put me in the larger machine for crying out loud. I mean, I felt like I was getting eaten by an alligator. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm like, I know what Jonah was going through. I said, put me in that larger machine. They said, well, I'm sorry. Uh, you have to be scheduled in there. And I said, well, schedule me in there then because I'm not going back in there. When that thing started touching me, I felt my whole world collapsing in like this. And I don't have those issues uh, with claustrophobia and stuff. But I promise you, I had one today. And I could feel the, that coming on, I thought. And, and as I was going in there and I'm going down the side of that machine and I'm feeling those things and I'm like this. I'm like, this is a lot more like a coffin than I want to be in. I know that. And uh, something's not going right. And so I, I said to the technician out there, I said, how long is this going to last? They said, oh, it'll be 20 to 25 minutes. I said, I started squeezing that. I said, just go ahead and move me out before you start that. And uh, I said, I never have touched the side before. They said, oh, this is a smaller machine. We have a larger machine. All right, so you put me in the baby machine. <laughs> Lord, help my time. My brain was, say, was just saying, just... Just tear this thing up, getting out of it. Just make a new door. Something about your mind. So I go back into the front. Let me finish the story real quick. I go back into the front, and there's a sweet lady sitting there uh, who visits Abundant Life from time to time. She said, oh, Pastor Howland. I said, uh, I understand you have a larger machine in there. And the nurse had come in with me. And I said, uh, I can't go back in that little machine. How long would it take me to get in that larger machine? They said, could you come back at 3 o'clock? I said, I'll be here at 3 o'clock. And so I went back at three o'clock and got in there and I didn't touch the sides. And I just rolled right on in there and came right on back out. When it was over with, they woke me up when I came out. Oh, hallelujah. I want to tell you, your mind is powerful. Now, technically, I could have stayed in that little machine and I would have had the same results as far as the MRI was concerned. But, but if I go to the room next to it, then it's a total different thing. Can I just say that there are times when your adversary, the devil, will try to trap you in between your ears. Am I talking to anybody here? You're going to fail in business. Your marriage is not going to work. You're going to get sick and die. Your kids are not going to do good. On and on and on, all of those things that people deal with, that, and, and there, there's so many of them, I'll just go with it right there. Can I just ask you to, to do something? In your spirit, would you just change rooms? Would you just say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to stay in that room right there. No, in Jesus' name. Uh, my sons and daughters are going to prophesy. They'll have dreams and visions. They're going to dance in the renewal. 
They'll be a part of the, of the latter day move of God in the earth. No, begin to declare what God says. Change rooms. Change rooms. David said in Psalms 42, God took me out of a horrible pit. Uh, the word horrible pit in the Hebrew there, it means a place of noise or a room of noise. Speaking of something that is enclosed, uh, King James uses the term a horrible pit. A room of noise, uh, just like in here right now, there is an echo that's taking place in here right now. Come on, everybody clap their hand one time. Do you hear it? Do it one more time. What kind of lag is that? Okay, so we got a half a second or less lag when we do that. So there's a little bit of an echo. So this is the actual fact. But is the residual that's left over after the fact. Uh, David has made some real big mistakes in life. Just talk to Bathsheba. Some... some uh, tragic mistakes in life. And his mind, his guilt, all of those things have to have just been tearing him up. He said, but I cried unto the Lord. God inclined his ear unto my cry. He took me out of a horrible pit. He took me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and he established my going. Oh, hallelujah. That word, a horrible pit, it means a room of sound, a room of noise. Here's my term. Are you ready? An echo chamber. That's why I've said for many years that thoughts from your past are your past. They're not reality. They are echoes in your mind. Are you listening to me? And if you get in a room of echoes, let me tell you how to get rid of an echo. Open a window. Open a door. Somebody shout hallelujah. How many of you are glad that our God is the door? Come on. He is the way, the truth, and the life Jesus is. And when you turn him on in the middle of your echo chamber from yesterday, you should get up every morning instead of thinking about all of the things that went wrong yesterday. Because I promise you, the number one way to miss opportunity today is to fear because of your yesterday. If you're always echoing in, in between your ears, much less if you're talking about the pain and the failure of yesterday, you will not see clearly when favor comes and when good comes to you. And that, that opportunity will be missed and squandered. And at the best, somebody else will get it. But how many of you know when God wants to bless you, He wants you to line up with His blessing? He wants you to get in agreement with Him. He wants you to say what He says, think what He thinks, and act like He acts. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. The Scripture says, be careful for nothing. My time's almost up. Listen, and I'll pick this back up. Uh, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Be over-anxious for nothing. It's interesting, Jesus talked about that. Otherwise, you'll get what I call, because sometimes it's, uh, it's praying people. But instead of having faith-filled prayers, if we're not careful, we, we get fretful-filled prayers. Just fret-filled all the time. And that's the way we start talking to God. We talk to Him about how bad everything has always been with us. Have you ever been around someone who's doing that? 
You don't have to lift your hand. Uh, who always talks about how bad it's always been with them. You know, I, and I like to say it like this. Uh, really, 90% of the people don't even care how bad it's been. Quit burning up all of the, uh, all of the revenue that God's given you in friendship with people. I mean, that, that's wonderful uh, to have friends like that. You want to get rid of them, just start telling them how bad everything is. And every time someone says something, you start comparing it to a problem. Or always telling them how they should be very careful about what they're doing because something bad happened to you one time. You know, uh, dinner's, lunch is over. I'm sorry. And you're going to pay and I'm going to leave. No one's interested in that. 90% of the people don't care. And the other 10% think you deserved it. So don't even talk about it. Look at two people and say, he, he should have gone back in that first MRI. That's his problem. Must have got him. No, so be wise about those things. Let the forces of life come out of you. Do not be over-anxious for anything. Do not be over-stressed. That doesn't mean that you don't have wisdom and you deal with things in a godly manner and in a wise manner, but let wisdom... One of the things about God, the Bible, when He talks about the seven spirits of God, which are the seven manifestations of the Spirit of God in your life, one of them is called the Spirit of Peace. Uh, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of knowledge and understanding. Who knows what I'm talking about? And when God begins to talk, al allow that force of God to begin to flow through you. Be over-anxious, stressed out, uh, frightened, just out of your mind for nothing, the Bible says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your petitions be made known. Matthew 6, 25, there's an interesting word. Uh, the Bible says, take no thought, Matthew 6, 25. Take no thought uh, over what you will eat and what you will drink and over your body and, and over the clothes that you'll wear. He's talking about some of the necessities of life. Now, when he, when he says that, the word thought there is that exact same word uh, in the Greek. It's that word, uh, meramnio, neo. Meramnio. And meramnio just literally means do not be uh, over-anxious, troubled, fretful, stressed out. Now, the Bible doesn't say that we are to cop out. Exactly the opposite. We are to power up. There are necessities of life. And Jesus said, do not be over-stressed over these particular things. Take no thought. Uh, let, me, let me tell you how, how people stress out too much. Are you ready for this? We live in a high-anxiety world. Can I have an amen? The Bible says that in the last days, perilous times will come. One translation says high risk. In the Greek, it says high risk or risky times. Look, you'll drive home tonight up and down that freeway, and you'll be that close to somebody doing 90 miles an hour right by you. It's high risk on a motorcycle. It's high risk. We live in high-risk times. Oh, uh, uh, one, one moment, it seems like everything's at peace. And the next moment, somebody flies planes into, uh, into the trade center and the whole world changed. We live in high risk times. In the last days, perilous times will come. But Jesus said, take no thought. Everyone say this to me. In the name of Jesus, I'm not going to take it. Now you just healed yourself if you got that. He said, do not take anxiety, fretfulness, stressing out. He did not say, don't deal with it, but deal with it in faith, deal with it in wisdom, deal with it in action. 
Uh, deal with it even when you talk about it. Uh, you, you, you might say, well, I don't have enough money to pay my bills. Uh, I, I've got to have at least 25% more money to even, uh, you know, I, I just run out of money before I ran out of month. You know, one of those things. And so what do you do? Instead of make sure you've tithed and offered and prayed. That's extremely important. And then you say, God, I thank you that you've already blessed me with 75% of the money that I need. And I know the other 25% is coming too. And I'll be faithful with it when it comes. And you use wisdom in those areas. Instead of complaining about what you don't have, thank God for the part you do have and expect to receive what you have need of. And God can make it happen so many ways. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 13, uh, that when the seed is sown, that the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, choke the word. And it's the parable of the sower uh, in, in Matthew 13. And it becomes unfruitful. He said the cares of this life. Everybody say cares. Care. The care of this and the word care is that same word again. Uh, uh, in the Greek. And it just means the anxiety, the stress, the frustration, the, the troubledness in your mind and spirit all the time. Learn to think about yourself the way God thinks about you. Learn to think about every circumstance the way God, uh, can I just say He defines the victory in it. And ask God, where is that path? Where's that track? What does the Word say about it? Uh, I, I'm not going to avoid it. I'm not dodging anything. I'm going to deal with it. But since I have to deal with it, I think I'll deal with it in faith. I think I'll deal with it in wisdom. I will not deal with it in fear. You see, from the time we are little children and we grow up, many times, and this is exaggerated in some areas, someone always tells you no. You were born with two things. I promise you, you were born with two impulses. Come on and help me up here if you would, guys. The first one is this. You're born with an impulsiveness. Every child that's ever been born has an impulsiveness. That infant does. And the other thing, you're born with fearless. Without fear, you're born fearless. When our little daughters, uh, when Catherine was just the size of her little children today and Jennifer's the size of her little uh, children, uh, look, I could set them on the edge of the of the table, just like that. And I could stand right there and I could say, jump to daddy. And they wouldn't even hesitate. They'd just sail off that thing. Uh, just like you're supposed to. They were born with that. Someone had to teach them and somehow they had to learn to be full of fear. In Jesus' name, they did not learn that. They learned wisdom instead of fear. But it's very important to understand that, and that's why you train and teach your children. But don't do that by shortcutting the, the, the process and always putting them down and putting fear on them and all your own fear. Just don't telegraph it on to your children. Train them up to be strong and to be wise. Can I have two hallelujahs? And so the scripture says right here that the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the care is that word, uh, merimnao again, and it just means the stress. And it says that that care enters in and it chokes the word. And the seed becomes, the plant becomes unfruitful. It's no longer producing. Sometimes God begins to bless you. And as God begins to bless you, 
This fear can come of losing what you have. And the Scripture says that that care will begin to rise up and the deceitfulness of riches for the wrong reason. And it will choke the Word and it will become unfruitful. The word choke is a, is a sumgino. And sumgino just literally means to suffocate, to asphyxiate. I mean to just literally uh, throttle it down and to choke, to smother it down. Listen, don't ever let circumstance smother out your faith. Don't ever let uh, any type of fear suffocate your confession. But stand fast on who you are in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Get up on your feet tonight. Glory to God. We'll pick this up in the next lesson. And I'll show you five things in the scripture uh, when we get back together and we teach on this. Five powerful things in prayer that release the 21st century Christian way of thinking. Now look, the 21st century Christian way of thinking, I'm going to give you the secret. Here it is. You ready? It's the Bible way. It's the same way that it was last century. The problem is it's not talked about enough. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord one time. Thinking the thoughts of God. Glory to God. Would you just uh, bow your head right now and begin to talk to the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, let your anointing, the anointing that destroys yokes, flow in this house. Thank you, Lord. The spirit of fear, the spirit of doubt, the spirit of failure, the spirit of circumstance, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of the age that we are living in. Lord, I pray that you will help us guard our minds and let the forces of life flow into our families, flow into our business, flow into our efforts, flow into our own ministries. Let the force of life, oh, glory to God. You said our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, for the Spirit of God that lives in us. Thank you for the Word, the seed of God that lives inside of us. Lord, I thank you that the Spirit of faith will always overcome the Spirit of fear if we will act on it. Lord, you said in Isaiah 55 that your words are higher than our words. Your ways, your actions are higher than ours. I thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus that we can have your words, your, your ways, your actions, your deeds. Glory to God. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the Word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.